Welcome to The Fracture Line, the official weekly news feed from the Chess Wall Injury Society, where we will listen to all the bottom line CWIS updates, shout-outs, fun facts, and weekly banner in 10 minutes or less. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Crisco, and I'm joined always by Dr. Tom White and Sarah Ann Whitbeck. Dr. Farachi, welcome to the show. We're happy to have you on. It's my pleasure. Long-time viewer, first-time uh, participant. So we want to talk about an exciting new project that just went live about a week ago, which we're calling CWIS TikTok. I don't know if anyone on is familiar with the uh, application TikTok, but it's all the rave, especially with the kids these days. I'm, I'm almost positive Dr. White has no idea what TikTok is. Can you explain that to him? <laughs> so TikTok is an app where you record short videos of yourself. And uh, I mean, I, it's... I am one of the worst people to be explaining this, but uh, someone will post a video like doing a, a dance to a clip of a song, a 10 second clip of a song, and then everyone tries to recreate that video using the same dance moves and then post that. And maybe there's like a competition to see who does the best job with that little dance. I think it goes beyond just dancing. Um, you know, I think there's little 10 second clips maybe for the medical community. But our project actually has nothing to do with any of that. It's, it's an acronym um, that stands for um, something that I'm not remembering. Sarah Ann, do you remember what it stands for? I do. It's the, it's the Thoracic Injury Correlation Collaboration. Thoracic Injury Correlation Collaboration. And for all you English nerds out there, I just wanted to remind everyone of the difference between an acronym and an initialism. Are you aware of that difference, Dr. White? Hey, wait a minute. Let me Google it real quick. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. Yeah. An, initial, an initialist, they, they share in common that they're both a series of letters, and each letter is the first letter of a word, right? So like NASA, Nautical American Suave Association, for example. Okay? But... An acronym, for an acronym, you actually pronounce the series of letters as a word. So you say NASA, right? That is opposed to an initialism. An example of that would be like TIA, transient ischemic attack, right? You don't say TIA, you see TIA. That's an initialism. So, so TikTok, even though it's really the tick that is the part that we're abbreviating, and we don't even have a talk, is an acronym. So it's CWIS, which is also an acronym, TIC, which is an acronym for transatlantic. One more time, Sarah Ann, I'm sorry. The Thoracic Injury Correlation Collaboration. Yep. TOC, which is just TOC. So you know, I it's a wonder why these podcasts are, you know, too long for you. Oh, wait, you want to know, uh, you want to know more about it? All right. So all joking aside, CWIS TikTok is... I think a really cool international CWIS research project. One of the reasons it's cool is because the whole project came out of another international CWIS project, which was the John Edwards taxonomy consensus paper, where there were uh, many uh, CWIS members who were asked to uh, provide their opinions to try to formulate a consensus surrounding chest wall bony anatomy taxonomy. Uh, so I think it was 20 questions or so, and we achieved consensus on a lot of important uh, definitions like displacement and angulation. And one of the things we didn't achieve consensus on was how to define anterior, lateral, and posterior fractures. We all agreed that there should be three sectors, but we didn't agree on the boundaries of those sectors. 
But at any rate, I would encourage everyone to go back and read that great paper or reread it. It was in the Journal of Trauma a year or two ago. It was a CWIS Summit article. Uh, but anyway, so that was a big step forward in terms of uh, defining a taxonomy for rib fractures. CWIS TikTok is taking it to the next level and asking the question, okay, we have a taxonomy now, but how reliable is it? How accurate is it? If I showed the same rib fracture to 10 different chest wall surgeons and I asked them to say, based on the Edwards taxonomy, is this a displaced fracture, an offset fracture, or an undisplaced fracture? What would the inter-observer reliability be there? Would all 10 of them say it was displaced? Would five out of 10 and so forth? Because we can make taxonomies till the cows come home, as they say where I grew up in Illinois, but it's not gonna do us any good if there's no clinical relevance, right? So um, we, and it's kind of the royal we because it was really the work of my outstanding medical student, uh, Christian, and my research assistant, Chiara, and um, our collaborators in Rotterdam, Netherlands, led by uh, Matthew Wijfels, who is um, a trauma surgeon at Erasmus Medical Center. They came up with um, 11 examples of uh, rib fractures, and they're on a CAT scan. So there's an ax- So we're going to present an axial, a coronal, and a sagittal view of a rib fracture, and we're going to ask respondents to, to gauge the degree of displacement and the type of fracture, simple, wedge, or complex, based on the Edwards taxonomy. And then we're going to ask the respondents to say, is this an anterior, lateral, or posterior fracture? Realizing that we don't have a standard boundary for those things, but we're going to ask people, how did you decide on your own boundaries to try to understand how, what people are doing out there? So it's a survey monkey that you take. It takes about 15, maybe 30 minutes max if you're uh, quite slow at it. Um, and all throughout the survey, we um, provide references back to the actual images that were in the taxonomy paper so you can use them as a reference. So it's a quick little survey and service you can do to the society and participate in the society by answering questions. Um, and I think we have about 50 uh, respondents so far and the survey is open until um, the end of February, mid-March. And, and unfortunately we weren't able to offer any monetary kind of compensation for taking the survey, but Dr. White um, has agreed to, um, well, you want to tell them what you're going to do at, if, if, at the summit to people who have completed the survey? We're going to form one of those lines that you walk through and get spanked like on your birthday, you know, what we used to do when we were younger. We're going to let you run the gauntlet. At least get a All walk. right. Frank, well, there you go. A technical question about the survey. Yes, please. <clears throat> Are we to remind ourselves of the Edwards taxonomy before we complete it, or should we take it based on our how we remember that to be? We want the images from the taxonomy paper to be as fresh in your mind as possible. We want you to have all of the benefits of them when answering the questions. And in order to assist with that, we have little links on each image that will show you the taxonomy images. Because I'll tell you what, having helped to design the survey and having taken it, it's not as uh, cut and dry as you might think. You're going to look at some of these fractures and be like, man, I am on the fence about this one. Where is the survey? Because, I mean, maybe it's one of uh, Sarah Ann's famous emails that I get. But Out last Saturday morning by email. So you haven't read it. You deleted it. Um, but we'll have reminders every, you know, every handful of days by email. So you likewise won't be reading it, Dr. Crisco. 
but um, you'll be reminded of it on a regular basis. So if you do see my name in your, or when you see my name in your inbox, maybe maybe just don't delete just that one. Um, I can do that. One more important point about the TikTok survey, it is not limited to CWIS members. So if you are in a group of other trauma surgeons um, and they're not all CWIS members, you can feel free to forward it along. Uh, we, we would like the survey completed by people who are surgeons though, who deal with rib fractures. So don't you know pass it along to your children and grandparents, unless they're also chest wall <laughs> surgeons. But you do have to identify your kind of specialty. There's a few demographic questions, so we'll be able to sort sort that out. Don't worry, it's not gonna get diluted by a bunch of children completing it. Uh, I think that's uh, what we wanted to talk about. Sarah, do you have anything to say? I think we announced last week that the, the hotel capacity for on-site raised to 83. And we're excited about that. We're getting getting quite a few registrations, both for online and on-site. So if you have not yet registered, the time is now. So take care of it. Go to the website. So we'll do the final pitch. I'll go first. I got, I got one I want to talk about. I was uh, driving to Uray uh, from Park City. A huge, uh, so I was towing a big trailer behind my truck uh, with all of my family in, in the truck with me and my little brother. So my four kids and my wife and my little brother. And a huge gust of wind comes along on I-70 just outside of Grand Junction and pulls over the whole trailer. And we were totally out of control. The trailer's flipping behind us. It flipped off the truck, spun the truck around. We stayed on. There was cliffs on both sides of the highway. And we stayed on the highway and just stopped. And the trailer was obviously shredded in pieces. And it just reminded me how precious life is because I have no idea why we stayed on the road, but we continued on to Uray and climbed and skied all week. Uh, and I, I don't know why we stayed on the road, but we did. So that's my that's my uh, piece. And I, I love my family and I'm very glad we stayed on the road. My goodness, we're so glad you stayed wow. on the road. So why then you, you continued to on to do that crazy ice climb. If I, you didn't die on the way over, you just figured why not top it off with some ice climbing? Yeah, I don't, driving is not safe, but ice climbing is safe. <laughs> sure. Relative, but yes. I got one. So I had the opportunity this week to assist a company that is applying to uh, for approval to use their product in, in, in Europe. Europe uses a different, they have a, the European Union has an FDA equivalent. Now the FDA is an acronym and it's not an initialism, so it's not FDA. It's FDA. So, other way, other way around, but yes. Um, okay. Well, we'll we'll, we'll <laughs> cover that in the editing. Most agree to disagree. Make sure you're paying attention. So, the EU has a system or a process is called the CE, and they they ask uh, companies who are applying to for approval for their product to be used uh, will ask for medical advice and medical advisors. And so I was performing in that capacity, and it gave me the opportunity to review the literature on SSRF in detail. And I was impressed that with, which, with how extensive and how prolific or prodigious our, our literature has become in the last couple of years. And what it, the message to me was that I, I think it's time for us to stop apologizing for it. And it's time for us, if you continue to do, and I know that I do, and if people approach you and say the, 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 there isn't there isn't any literature to support that course of action, it's time to, to step up and tell them they're wrong and direct them towards 
uh, a literature that's becoming much more robust. Sure, there are lots of studies of intermediate to poor quality, but to the, the, the statement that we used to hear all the time was there's no good data or there's, there's precious little data. It's just not true anymore. So I want to I close the door on that. That's my uh, final stitch. What's on my mind right now? Um, well, I happen to know there's a lot on your mind right now. There is a lot on my mind. My wife got her second COVID shot yesterday, that and she's it, but... she's not feeling great today. So I'm, I've been thinking about her, but also happy that she was able to get the shot. And just thinking about how we were just scratching the surface in terms of processing the effect that all of this, that the pandemic has had on our mental health. So I just think now more than ever, it's important to be there for each other. Good one. So I have a, a girlfriend who lives in Dallas and I uh, was thinking about her as all of this was, uh, or all of this weather was passing through and they were having so many challenges and, and um, she was messaging me back about, um, you know, how difficult it was. And she's fortunately um, one who was having power off and on and she has a fireplace, which is relatively unique in that area. And so she was being kept warm with a fire and her dog. And she was saying that, I, you know, although she was reading a book, she said, I'm just bored without any power. And I was sort of putting myself in her shoes and thinking, oh, it would be going bananas without the ability to do my email and do this and do that, and, you know, and, and sort of taking that step back. And, and it gave me a good opportunity to kind of think, you know, I, I shouldn't be that person. I should really be able to stop and smell the roses. Not that she has a choice, but, you know, thinking how important it is that that uh, I shouldn't be maybe quite so controlled by electricity because there are certainly opportunities where it, it isn't isn't going to be readily available and, and it's a good lesson for all of us to maybe have some have some downtime. So I haven't actually done anything with that thought just to be certain, but but I may do that at some point after the summit. But until then probably not. I think that's good advice. Well, uh, guys, it was great to see you again. Dr. Parachi, thank you for blessing us with your presence. Well, and you especially drive safe home. I will drive safe home. Thanks for having me. This is fun. It is fun. Maybe you'll come back. I mean, yeah, it's the highlight of my week is, is BSing with these guys. It's We're almost as fun as watching it. <laughs> looking for co-hosts. So sometime they'll call on you when I am found something better to do. All right, fair enough. Okay. I have some experience hosting. Uh, I used to DJ a bit in my past. <laughs> I bet that was, I was epic. Radio, I was a college radio host. What was your DJ name? Just uh, Fred. DJ Fred, I like it. I think it. I had the midnight to 2 a.m. slot at the University of Pennsylvania on like Tuesday night. Me and my roommate were spinning the hits. And what was your favorite jam to play? I gotta know. Well, we... Um, we opened every show with, um, I don't know if you can link to things in this podcast, but it was a band called the Kaiser Twins, and it was a song called Investigator. Well, like us, you have experience with where people don't listen to you. I have extensive experience with people not listening to me. Yeah. yeah. You get used to it after a while. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Bye. Bye, guys.